Hello and welcome to J-Waves. This is my official review, spoiler review, for Captain Marvel. Well, because of the totals today, I think everyone in America saw it because congratulations to Captain Marvel for making $455 million worldwide. So that is a fantastic opening, half of a, million, half of a billion dollars already. So it's off to a fantastic start. So again, spoiler review because I think anyone that's listening to this has already seen the movie. And if you haven't, well, after the review, you can decide if you want to go check it out or not. So my initial opinion of the movie, uh, leaving the theater, was very negative. Um, it wasn't until, I guess, the next day of really thinking about it that I start trying to find um, the shining moments of what the movie was compared to what the movie I was expecting it to be. Uh, being a huge Captain Marvel fan, I went in there going, oh, this is going to be great. The world's going to see Captain Marvel in the light of how she is shown in the comics. And, you know, she's the most powerful superhero in Marvel. Or one of the most powerful ones, I should say. Not the most, one of the most. And I was expecting the movie to depict that. So whenever we were getting ready to see her in Avengers Infinity War, our excitement level to even see her with Thor and Cap and all the ones that survived the snap... This movie was going to make it to where we were so excited about it that, you know, we wouldn't be able to contain ourselves. Um, we did not get that. Uh, what we ended up getting was a movie that, to me, plays like the middle episodes of a Netflix show. Not so much of a filler, but more of a fill-in-the-gapper. It fills in the gaps for a lot of the things that happen in the Marvel Universe. Um, especially things for us to go, aha, so that's how that happened. Aha, so that's where that came from. And as much as I do like those kind of things, I really end up getting tired of it because I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the putty that fills the cracks. I want to see the wall that's already built, which is the storylines of Captain Marvel's story. I want to see that already. She should already have come in as the character, and the movie comes off, in the beginning, like the first act, all the way until she falls in the blockbuster, is so very strong. I actually liked her character in the beginning more than I did while she was in the middle of the movie. It seemed like when she came to Earth, like her humanity took over, and she was no longer Captain Marvel. She was just a regular human being. And I did not like that. I liked the Captain Marvel part of her in the beginning, especially when she screamed back at one of the scrolls. I thought, there she is. For a brief second. And then she did not return. Until she became Captain Marvel at the very end. After going against the Kree AI. And destroying the thing that's holding her back. When she says the line. I've been fighting with one arm. And now let's see what happens with my full potential. That's when I was like here we go. And yeah. We got to see Captain Marvel. As she's supposed to be. Uh, which is actually one of my favorite moments. Because I've been waiting for them to do that with Wolverine. Have Wolverine go at full capacity, 100%, because that's the way he always is. So we got to see Captain Marvel at her 100%. But I do have an issue with that, too, because they have hailed her as the strongest Marvel character in Marvel Universe. But yet, we've seen Thor take a star straight to the chest to create Stormbreaker. And we're like, man, Thor is extremely strong because he survived that. She needed to do something either equal or more to prove that, hey, she's not only as strong as Thor, but stronger. And when she gets her hands on Thanos, she's going to beat him, you know, to a pulp. And I cannot wait for that. 
I don't think they did enough for us, the audience, to go, she's strong. Uh, I went with my sister and my girlfriend, and they both were like, I said, do you think she's the strongest Thor? And both of them were like, oh, no, why? No, not at all. Is she supposed to be? And I'm like, there you go, because they do not understand where she's supposed to be in the Marvel Universe. We do, but they don't. So it was like, hmm. I wanted to leave it thinking that, oh, you know, Thanos is going to get it. And it's going to be glorious. Unfortunately, we did not end up with that. What we ended up with was just a move to me that just fizzled and it didn't pop. Marvel Studios having the formula that works so well with so many other movies, this being Marvel's 21st movie to me, fell flat or flatter than I expected. I wanted this movie to be, again, stealing lines from Jude Law's character, Jan Rog. I wanted it to be the best Captain Marvel possible. I wanted it to be the best version of her possible because I wanted the people that do not know Captain Marvel to leave the audience, to leave the theater, to leave with everyone else going. So that's why she's so popular. So that's why people love her so much. So that's the reason why she is the most powerful person in the universe. And we did not end up with that. Now, I do want to go over one thing because my score that I gave it so far has misled a lot of people because they're like, oh, I should see it. I gave it a six out of ten. Six out of ten, which is better than average. Average to me is four out of ten, but this is a six out of ten. So it puts it in an interesting mid-range where you you can see it, but I don't think you have to see it. Especially if you're looking to, like, to further the story of Marvel Universe and also to further the story of Endgame. You don't have to see this. You could, you're going to be in the exact same spot that you were when you went to the theater to where you are when you leave the theater. You already know she's going to be in Endgame. So that's not a spoiler. You knew that already because all you got to do is look at the cast and crew. Her name's there. You don't even need to know anything about her from this movie that's going to have any kind of effect on Endgame because, well, they don't really show her the way she's supposed to be shown. She's not shown as the most powerful person in Marvel. She, they might show that in Endgame. But the reason why I gave it such a fantastic score is because of the, the supporting cast. Samuel Jackson... Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Talos, the scroll, the main scroll. Jude Law as Young Rod. Annette Benning as Supreme Intelligence, aka Marvel. And um, you know, it was nice to see Clark Gregg again. It was nice to see uh, Gemma Chan. She did fantastic. Uh, Damon Hashunu was amazing. Seeing Lee Lee Pace as Ronin. So all those things had a very huge effect on me. As why I gave it a six. And I do want to talk about Ben Mendelsohn. I really loved him as Sorrento in Ready Player One. Um, I I was immediately after that I was like I'm a huge fan now. Uh, I was very surprised to find out that he was the that he was Talos after I already had bought the figure like a month ahead of this movie. Him being Talos, uh, he did something very unexpected. The scrolls were good. The, they they depicted the scrolls as immigrants, as people running away trying to find a home. That's a hard sell because I've been I've known since 1967 that the Skrulls are the biggest villain in all of Marvel cinematic history. So for Ben to come in as a Skrull, as Talos, and not only turn me, he convinced me to he convinced me to like Skrulls. Like he, I like him a lot. I feel like he was probably one of the best parts of the whole entire movie. He won me over, which is insane because I was already ready to hate him because he's the main villain. I thought. So kudos to him. 
that had a big um, reasoning on the score. Second thing is Jude Law is ageless. He is so beautiful in this movie. I don't understand what he's doing, but he looks like he just came from the talented Mr. Ripley straight into this movie. Amazing shape. Beautiful face. Jude Law, fantastic. I think he could have been a way better villain, but he did just enough and the equivalent to what his character did in the comic. So it's not really on him. It's exactly how it was written, which I will get into that later on. And of course, Samuel Jackson, again, also ageless. It looks like he just came from the set from Die Hard with a Vengeance straight into this movie. He never ages. Always funny, always cool, always entertaining. Fantastic job. I didn't have a problem with Marvel being Annette Benning. I thought that was a neat twist. Uh, I don't think Marvel, as a Marvel character, um, matters as much. I hate to say that, but like having her as the woman, I thought that was cool. Actually, I really liked that because she did her job. She was there. She gave her well, hypothetically gave her powers to Captain Marvel, and Yon Rog killed her just the way it happened in the comics, but. How she got her powers is not the same, but they do have to tie it in a cinematic universe. So using the Tesseract, I don't mind that at all. Um, but yeah, supporting cast was just so strong. And I will give credit to Brie Larson. Um, I remember early on they had said that they wanted to, um, Ronda Rousey to play this this part. Um, and I think Brie Larson is a better actress and almost a different version of Ronda Rousey. Maybe like a hotter version, no offense to Rhonda. And she did act like Ronda Rousey as Captain Marvel. But she she pulled it off. It was enough to where I liked I liked Carol Danvers, but I wasn't sold on Captain Marvel. I don't think they did enough to like show how truly fantastic and powerful Captain Marvel is as a character. I think they could have done more, and I'm not sure if they were afraid to go further or push the limits, but I think they could have, especially with as much as all of us fans were expecting her to be. It was awesome to see her take all those ships, all the Kree ships. It was awesome to see her stop those missiles, but she needed to do something more. I think they really should have had her go, uh, like fly through a planet or destroy something and us go, oh, 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 oh wow, you know, she's, she's that strong or she can move a planet or something, you know, I don't think it was enough, but again, all of those things I take into account, as well as the story. The story, I think, was weak, but it did just enough. So, in my opinion, like I said, it's a 6 out of 5. You decide if you want to see it. It To me, it could have done more, but I think it did just enough, and from the totals that I've seen this weekend, I think it's doing fantastic. I can't wait to see what it's going to be next weekend, and either what it is, the percentage either drops or rises. Is, is there a rewatchability? You know, I saw it twice and I wanted to see it twice just because I just wanted to really take a good look at it again because I the first one I was just so disappointed with the scroll switch. I focused on that rather than looking at the story. I forgot that I needed to be a critic more than a fan. I was a fan the first time, critic the second time. So I understood the story more. That being said, um, Talos, again, I figured something out in the in the theater the first time and then i verified it and we'll get into that also later on in this podcast but i do want to bring in somebody special i have a special guest today his he's a longtime friend his name is david fuentes he's a local artist here in corpus christi he has been a friend of mine since 1997 ish 
And we have talked about comics and movies and everything else since then. So, David, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so we saw Captain Marvel this morning, thanks to David. He got me my second ticket so I can go check it out and really take a good look at the movie. And, you know, that's where a lot of the things that I had thought I saw happened. And uh, we'll get into that. But, David... I want to get your initial reaction on the scroll switch. I mean, you were like me. We grew up going, the scrolls are the biggest villains. It would be almost like they are the Joker to all of Marvel Universe. How did the switch, how did you take the switch? How do you feel right now from, from the movie? Are you complete confusion? What's going on? I think when we left the theater, the, the my initial reaction was just like now, <laughs> where it was nothing mm-hmm. I couldn't really even process what I had saw so when we left I was still thinking about the idea of where they went in this direction with Captain Marvel so when that scroll switch happened I was like what how did that happen and okay if they're gonna do this how are they gonna change it because we know something's gonna happen with the scrolls right. later on and are they going to keep that same storyline in the comics with the scrolls because of that switch? We don't know just yet. But kudos to Ben, right? Because Ben yeah, really absolutely. won us over. He was and, amazing. And it all happened in the house. When right. they go to that, that lady's house. Um, what's her name here? Let me see if I can find her name. When they go to her best friend's house, Maria. Maria Rambeau. When they went to Maria Rambeau's house and, the, and, and he was there, um, Talos was there. Everything that happened in that room is what switched us all to going, well, I kind of like this guy. Yes. Well, why do I like a scroll? Yes. I mean, Nick I, Fury befriends him pretty much. Yeah. They have a fantastic relationship. Yeah. I mean, he was like, are you doing all right, buddy? And they mm-hmm. hold hands while he's been shot by a Kree, which leads me to the point that I was going to make. You know, in the movie, I thought, I I was, I heard a line and I thought, wow, I wonder. Because if you're a comic fan and you've read Secret Invasion, You'll know that the queen of the of the scrolls is the one in charge of the secret invasion. Right. Something has that she does whenever she transforms is she always keeps the same eyes, yes. every time. The line in the movie. Um, Maria Rambo's daughter says, "Always keep your same eyes. They're beautiful," and that's when I was like, "Ew!" Clicked in your head. Yeah, she must be. Talos's daughter is the queen, or soon to be queen of the, of the scrolls, and it's the actions in this movie is what fuels her to seek revenge because she just watched her father get hunted and shot by a Kree soldier, which was uh, Yanrog. Yanrog shot him, so that her little impressionable mind sees that and says, "See, Dad's way didn't work, which is a peaceful way, and now I'm going to do it my way when I'm old enough, and it's going to be complete." Revenge, yeah, and on it make, everybody. It makes perfect sense too for the timeline. Yes, because she's little now, right? In this timeline, nineteen ninety five, and the only reason I know it's nineteen ninety five is because I saw the True Lies, right? Poster. Well, that's what she shot in Right, right. <laughs> so I was like nineteen ninety five. Okay, great. So it sets up a good dialogue with that character because she's going to be much older mm-hmm. in the present. So. After Endgame, I'm sure it's probably going to roll into Secret Invasion. I would imagine it would be. Yes, and then also like um, having her, having her come back. She's already been on a Scroll Queen has been on Earth, so she knows of Earth and she knows the people. 
So she knows that she could fool us because she's been here before. She's met them. So she's probably going like, because remember when they scanned us, it says male, no threat. Right. Uh, 100% she heard right. that. So, you know, it's like she's going home. So the humans are no threat, which would be very easy for me to uh, come back and take over if I needed to. To manipulate them. Yeah. Sure. Because, yeah, because you can. So yeah. it was like, of course. Now, I want to ask you too, do you think, do you think they did enough to define who Captain Marvel was for the people that don't know, the novice? I think for the novice, I think they did just fine. Um, because if you're someone that doesn't know the comics or just enjoys the movies for what they are, then I think that you are going to really enjoy the movie on its own just because it's a cool comic movie. Um, but if you are a person that knows the comics very well, I think you'd have more expectations of what the character should be like yeah. in the actual movie and I don't think we got that version of what we were expecting but I don't think we ever do with any of these movies because right. they always have their own versions but do you think this movie had a bigger job to do because we know she's going to go and take on Thanos we know she's going to be an end game so it was like to me it was like they had to make a fantastic impression to get the audience I mean we're already excited about Endgame but sure. now we need to be excited about Endgame and also excited about having her in Endgame with the Avengers like after seeing the movie do you feel like you're more excited about Endgame or are you equally excited I'm, I'm pretty much equally excited because it didn't enhance it it didn't enhance it at all um, I think it's pretty much I think when we've talked about this prior to watching the movie um it's kind of like a filler. Yeah. Because it really doesn't do anything for Endgame. Mm -hmm. No. It just, it, it satisfies its own agenda for what it is. But do you, would you consider this a standalone movie? I would, I would put it in a standalone movie for sure. Okay. Absolutely. I think so too. I, I think it is a standalone movie. I just think that it's a standalone movie, again, like I said, with aha moments. A lot of aha moments. And I don't know if it needed that. I kind of wish it didn't have that. And, and I'll, I'll even mention a couple. I wish it didn't have, like, her name was Avenge. And then they changed it to Avengers Initiative. That I wish made they... my <laughs> eyes roll in my head. Oh, my God. I, I wish they like, didn't show the Nick did Fury you see scratch. Did you look at you? Yeah, I, watched you. I, was I was watching like, the whole movie. Oh, my God. I was watching you watch the movie because I was like, I wanted to see if you would react the way I reacted. I, did, I didn't want to see, you know, Nick Fury gets scratched by the kitty cat, <laughs> the cat. I, I was like i literally was like right. I, I do want to talk about one thing you know that um the daughter of um rambo monica rambo and ends up becoming photon yes yes i was gonna ask you about that yeah. because i, I recognize the name so i was yeah. like is are they talking about yes that same character it definitely is it, it's 100 yeah. percent her but what's interesting to me is like we're talking about what the movie did to the audience. I think the only person that is going to have any kind of positive uh, effect from seeing Captain Marvel is is Monica in the movie. Because you can see when she flies off that she's 100% going, I want to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge, huge uh, kudos to uh, Akia Akbar, who played Monica Rambeau. At yeah, she automatically loves Carol. Yeah, and she was like, captivated and you can see it you almost lived it through her eyes when she flew off that's the only part where i was like okay where'd work for her but i want to know is the audience also having the same effect 
that Monica is having, or the same reaction that Monica is having, that Mar- Captain Marvel affect them the same way they affected mm-hmm. Monica in the movie. Because I'm pretty sure the directors wanted the audience to have the same face that Monica sure, had when sure. Captain Marvel that's, flies off. They're going, everyone's going to have this. Yeah, it's Unfortunately, great. I don't think anybody did, but maybe the people, like I said, the people that don't know the comics, they might have had that face. But none of my <laughs> right. friends and anybody that knows comics... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they had that face um, at all. But you know, again, none of it to me is Brie Larson's fault. Like I don't. I no, think she did not at all as much as she could. She took the role very seriously. She had the material right here, so and she took it for where she, where it was. She played it very close to the chest, and you could I think see so. that. Yeah, and I did. I did see because you got to remember, she doesn't come back until Endgame. Right. But I, I don't know if they did enough. For her to care about Fury the way she seemingly cared about Fury at the end of the end of credit scene, like did this movie give us enough to where I go, okay, they're best friends for life, and she's always gonna be thinking about Nick Fury that, away from Earth. That post credit scene and the way she delivered that line mm-hmm. didn't seem like she was invested in Fury as much as Fury is invested in her. Right. Yeah. You know. Because during the movie, they seem to have a good banter with each other. Yes. So and you see a kind of a friendship building. Yes. During the movie, right? So, that end credit scene right there, when she goes and comes in and delivers that line. It's either she's been hardened, from these you know twenty plus years of being out in space doing whatever, and then it comes back and just wants to know what's going on. Mm. But again, that line just doesn't seem like it's delivered in a way that would make me care about what she's feeling about Nick Fury. I don't think the movie did enough to 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 justify that relationship. Yeah, neither. Like, but what my other thing was is like, if she had um, Maria Lambeau and Monica here, why didn't she ever come back? Right. I hope they really talk about that. Like, what kept her away for X amount of years? Was she that extremely busy? Yeah, <laughs> like she was really looking for scroll houses. Right. And, Do you guys take scrolls here? Right, right. I'm going to help you find yeah. your home. New apartment complex. Cool, right. let's go see if they take scrolls. <laughs> They'll turn in anyone you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll be the best tenants because they can be anyone. Sure. I don't know. I it, To me, it was like, I don't think they, they built enough relationships turn for Turn into that. a file cabin for me, please. Yeah. we. I'll give you $50 right now. If you turn, <laughs> again... And that's one thing I, I I like it. Don't get me wrong, but I do have a problem with them putting comedy in these kind of movies because the comedy that they put in here is funny in any movie. It's not funny because it's Captain Marvel. Like two of my friends that don't know nothing about comics, no offense, they go, "It was so funny." I go, "Okay, great. It's not supposed to be funny, first off, but those it's not funny because it's about Captain Marvel. It's not funny because Captain Marvel is funny. It's not far. It's not funny because the comic is funny." It's funny because the instances that they put in these movies are funny in any movie. Like a cat floating in space in any movie is fucking... It's funny. Right. It's funny. Yeah. If it, Like if you were to put, um, you know, the, the, the cat open his mouth and the tentacles come out and beat up people. Yeah. That's funny in any movie. Sure. It's sure. not funny because it's Captain Marvel. Right. It's funny because it's always funny. Do your thing. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> and then nothing happens. Yes. That's funny. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's like... Again, that kind of goes along the same thing of where I'm going. I want people to love Captain Marvel, but sure. they're loving it for the wrong reasons. 
Absolutely. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, like oh, I love it because the movie's hilarious. Right, it's not supposed I'm like, to be. what? Ace yeah. Ventura is hilarious. That's right. supposed to be funny. Right. And because I, it's about Ace Ventura. And I mentioned that to you when we left the movie. The topics and themes that they're talking about in the movie don't lend to the comedy value of it. Right. Yeah. So the, the jokes that they're saying or the things that they're talking about in those instances don't lend to what's going on in the movie itself. You know who did it really good? That was funny because it was it was funny because it was the character that was funny, but mm-hmm. not because it's supposed to be. But Captain America First Avenger, when stuff happens in Captain America, it's it, it's so organic and and, and whatever. Right. It's funny because it is Captain America. Right. It makes sense yeah. in that yeah. retrospective. And they I think they try to unfortunately Marvel tries to force that in every, let's have comedy in everything. Right, because, because it, funny work, makes it works everything. one time, so let's do it every yeah. time, every beat. It makes have that. everything better. Sure. It's such a, and again, I think Marvel knows that because Young Rock says comedy is a distraction. You know, he, when they're fighting in the very yeah. beginning, he literally said that line. And I'm like, exactly, Disney. Sure. So take it out. Right. You know, when it's supposed to be serious. Make it serious. Make it serious. And don't just have funny instances like the everyday funny, I say lowest common denominator of comedy. Mm-hmm. Don't put that in a movie just to that is not that isn't supposed to be funny. Right. I can see it being done in like movies like Kick Ass and stuff sure. like that. Guardians of the Galaxy, it works perfectly. Yeah, you yeah. could put those instances like when sure. he says like my farts are amazing or whatever. Right, you know, like, right. you know right. that's funny because, because those characters are already built around that kind of language, so it's perfectly fine to make it work that way. Yeah, but when you have a movie talking about two civilizations at, at a war with each other right yeah. exactly at war with each other yeah and dying forever and then they go you know yeah. say some stupid stuff and yeah. you're like it takes me completely out of what i'm watching what did you there was one thing that happened that you said it just it took me out of the movie I don't remember what... Oh, it was the music. <laughs> the music? Yeah. The you had music. an issue with the music. That, which... Well, I didn't have an issue with the music because I like that music. I mean, yeah. I grew up on that music. Yeah. We it's both It's our music. It's our music. I have the but, album still. Right. And the cassette. But it's how they put the music into the movie at certain spots. Yeah. Um, especially when fight scenes would happen, the music would lend to... The fight itself, lyrics yeah. would lend to the fight. And I was just like, that's just really cheesy, throwing that in there um, at those times. Now, having the music throughout the movie like that would be great, yeah. you know, but not at those key points because what's happening mm. is for me, you know, it's just my opinion. For me, I'm listening to the song rather than and forgetting about what's going on because I'm hearing that song in the midst of all this battle. And I want to really focus on the battle, and I keep hearing that song. So, you know, for I, me, it took me out of that for a second. And you know who I blame for that? I blame, um, oh my God, I blame Suicide Squad. Because if you watch Suicide Squad, it, it literally the same thing. It literally is the exact same thing. Where they, 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 the very beginning, it was like Rolling Stones, and then when it comes to Harley Quinn, it was like right. whatever song they put sure, for her. Sure, and each then it, character and it has was, yeah, song. And it was like, I was yeah. like, is this like a, uh, it's like me on the radio. I'm and like, for me, that's song, what happened. Song, that's song, what happened song. for Captain Marvel. Yeah. This is exactly what happened. You know, they're taking all this 90s nostalgia music, which is great because mm-hmm. it's the time period and I would love to hear that music, but it doesn't have to have it every single song. Yeah, I would have rather, I would have rather 
a percussion of yeah. music and you know yeah. like the dun the dun you know use dun. use some of those ninety beats not like dun, 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 right. I'm just a girl <laughs> punching the guy in the face right exactly just a girl punching you in the face right exactly yeah. those kind of things um, I think it worked for the bar because you hear garbage playing in the background yeah and she walks into the and it's playing on the jukebox that makes, makes sense. sense. Right, but not when on Marvel's spaceship, right? She just has it on shuffle, yeah. exactly. And it's like, no, it doesn't work. You know, it does not work. She's like, Alexa, hit my mix. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, woohoo! You know, yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff too took me out when she was, when she fully got charged up, and she was like. You know, yeah, they didn't play nothing there. That was a exactly. very big moment of like, and, dun, dun, and that's dun, and that's dun, when you like, need to just have those. It big, still gave me chills. Instrumentals Twice. instead of that, woohoo! Yeah. and that moment took me to Green Lantern uh, when he's flying around and yeah. he's going woo and spinning around. Yeah, that uh, for a second took me to that point, and I was mm. just like, "It's funny you say that because I told <laughs> when we went we went Thursday night to the right. to the premiere that." When I was there with all my buddies and stuff yeah. and, and stuff, I had told them all, as long as it's better than Green Lantern. That's why I told them, as long as it's better than Green Lantern. And they all started yeah. laughing. Yeah. And then right around that, the scroll twist, mm-hmm. they all looked at me like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be better than Green Lantern. What are they <laughs> right, doing? Right, right, right. What right. is the plan? Right. I do want to talk about that again. I'm not to, we're going back and forth, no, but it, I'm no, trying to keep fine. on track. Talos, again, remember this is a Disney movie. This is a Disney movie. Sure. And what is Disney famous for? They're famous for making us fall in love with characters just so they can kill them later on and make us feel completely devastated. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm thinking, when I'm liking Talos, I'm like, oh, damn it, Disney, you got me again. Because here I do, I love Talos. And I'm thinking, okay, what happens in, let's say in the future where Nick Fury comes back from the snap, if he does. Mm -hmm. And he asks her, how's Talos? Mm -hmm. And she says, well, Talos' daughter... Killed him, skinned him alive, and killed him. Like, how would that make you feel, right? We're all gonna feel terrible because we love Talos. Right, right. He's a good person. Right. He's just stuck in a war. I love when he said, "My hands are dirty too. I've been in this war for a right. long time." I felt bad. I'm like, "Well, God, we've all I'm been doing there. what I have to do." Yeah, like that's a sad statement. Yeah. He made and, me go. Oh, I wonder if all the scrolls and are like soldiers that. do that all the time. Yeah, it's like you know, are all the scrolls like him? You know, but that if we hear that he got like whatever murder, or he maybe right. he got kidnapped by the Kree, right? And Ronan killed him or whatever. Sure. We're all gonna feel terrible. Sure, uh, I know I will. And again, that's a huge kudos to Ben for making him so lovable. Right, and he made him. He made him level headed. Yeah, it was like one of the guys. Like I want to hang out with him. He didn't blow up when things were going really bad. No, he just kept a real cool head the whole time. So it made you kind of go, "Is he bad? Is he good?" Yeah, that he kind of teetered back and forth because you know. Uh, Course, you when know. I liked him the most, and it's a kind of a weird thing to say, but when I liked him the most, it's when he had his other scroll with the daughter, Monica. Sure. And he was just like, oh, you know, just taking precautions because he mm-hmm. did something to us last time. I'm thinking, that's a real soldier. Like, he has, a, he already has a hostage mm-hmm. over there, which is the daughter, which is terrible. Right. Like, that's the, that's the links that he's willing to go to get back to his family. But we don't know that at that point. But, like, he's like, I have... I have insurance over there. Right. I ain't gonna I have, hurt nobody. I won't I, hurt nobody, but I, but I will. Yes. That's when I was like, oh, he's like every man. Like, he's an every man soldier. Sure. That's fantastic. Sure. And again, one meal over. Everything that happened in the house. He's playing his yeah. cards. Absolutely. And and she, he knows. I like when he says, too, we didn't know what you were, but now we do. So he's like completely approaching her with like, uh, don't kill me. Right. It'll be worse. 
I'm trying to be level here. And then she's like, all right, well, let's hear the cassette or whatever, the CD. I love that CD-ROM part when they're yes. waiting for the loading. Yes. so What's funny. What's going on? Again, for that's funny, but it's not funny because it has to do with Captain Marvel. Sure. That's another example. Right. Of it. it has nothing to do it's, with Captain it's, Marvel. It's, it's always going to be funny. It's taking a moment, yeah. you know, in the nostalgic period again right. and intertwining it to a serious moment. So I do want to talk about one other thing because remember I said a lot of aha moments mm-hmm. and there's been another another huge franchise that have been doing this aha moments thing and of course it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Solo and Rogue One also did this many times where we you know they go oh you know his name's Chewbacca because you know he chews cows. I don't know why they call him Chewbacca but like right, you know right, right. they everyone goes aha and sure. he's like oh you're by yourself sure. solo you right. know and then everyone oh, I heard all the audience go that's why he's call them solo <laughs> that's why they're named the avengers you know i hated that yeah yeah oh i know you did and that's why i bring it up because it's like and i'm a huge star wars fan people yeah just saying but that's what this movie did again and it was like i i literally was like see here we go again uh, a movie relying on nostalgia and and again i feel like i love captain marvel so much i kind of am mad that they did that like they should have just let, it should have just been about Captain Marvel. And I don't know how they could have fixed that or whatever, but I understand they need to make an entertaining movie. But, and I'm talking as a comic fan, not as every fan, because right. I, I have to score it in two different ways. <clears throat> for my friends and I, a comic fan, I gave it a three out of ten. Okay. Uh, for the every fan, because I have to watch it like I don't know nothing about nothing and I'm just watching and enjoying the movie, it's a six out of mm-hmm. ten. Because of acting, special effects, script, right. no, storyline, visually, visually, it is. I love yeah. all the space stuff. Man, yeah. Imagine if we had like a laser tag face I mean, that looks like that. Build looks when her energy is building up in her hands and those suits. Those okay. are real suits. And again, I take it back to that that first those first scenes when she gets captive. Yeah, she has know? things on right, and she's like handcuffed in these you know kind of you know, restricting. See, that's when to me she was the most Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Because she's like, you know how to take these things off, and she's trying to blast her way through, and nothing's happening. But she's trying to knock everything off, and those moments were really like, okay, this is this is how the movie's gonna go. Yeah, I thought we are in right, right, and then and then she landed on Blockbuster. Then she landed on Blockbuster, and her and like Blockbuster, it went bankrupt. (laughs) Her whole demeanor changed. Yeah, she wasn't the same. No, because okay, I'll I'll say this. It's like when. Her the way she acted when she was alien was like Terminator Two. Yes, you know, and then when she landed on Earth, all that went away, and she was like every other girl, right? Just a girl. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just a girl. <laughs> Cue the drums. All right. No, but yeah, no, and I I, I noticed that too because I thought. Why isn't she Captain Marvel on Earth? Why is she like now acting like every other person? Right. Because her facial expression completely changed. Because when she would look at things, she'd be like looking very... Robotic. You know, robotic and just kind of her head would turn a certain way. Yeah. And she would give you like a side look. Yeah, like she's like studying that. it. And then when she got to Earth, she'd grin a little bit. Her eyes were widening a little bit. And things yeah. like that. And it was just like... See, I told that to my, to my best friend. Why I said, is that happening? I said, it, to me, it seemed like they shot another movie... Maybe this is two movies that they spliced together right. somehow, or they cut a lot of things out and, and reshot. Reshot. I don't some know. Yeah, I, I don't know because um, yeah, because I can understand her changing her demeanor once she started learning more about her past. 
Yeah. But right when she got to Earth, she should have stayed the same way. Yeah, until, she should have been like that until, until she, she got Marie. to her best friend. Yeah. Yes. That's and then her best friend, you know, starts talking to her and changes her whole view of everything again. Yeah, showing her the picture. Then the emotion stuff. could come back in of being yeah. a human being. But before then, she should have just stayed the same way all yeah. the way through. Like Terminator 2. That's Absolutely. a very good example. That's a fantastic example. Because she was, she was T2 in space. Yes. Especially when she was like talking to her and right. all that stuff. Even like, her oh. movements were just kind of like, you know, Robotic. when she com- combat and everything like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're 100% right. And then it was like a little bit. Her, like you know, she was more T two, but then she had a little bit of humanity, like when she yelled back at the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. was great. That was, that was great, awesome. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I want more of that. Yeah. And again, that might be what they were banking on for us, the fans, to go. I can't wait to see her react in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I do want to talk about something else because we are huge X Men fans. I know yes. you. I've known you for a long time. We've always talked about X Men. X Men is our favorite thing, and we've been so disappointed with the cinematic yeah. X Men universe. It's like the saddest thing ever. Now that Marvel has acquired this and they have set the stage with Captain Marvel and, and Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel exclusively, mm-hmm. she's wearing a leather jacket, right? Okay. Immediately I thought, oh my God, in Endgame, is she going to die? And then is Rogue going to touch her and take the leather jacket and then put because it on? She's wearing the leather jacket. I know. Now, if, do you think the possibility of that happening is like 80%, 50%? Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think Marvel is smart enough to see what they're doing? Like, is, did they do this on purpose? I don't... I think it I think it could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen that quickly. You don't think she'll die at the end of Endgame? I don't think so. I do. I don't think she will. I do. I think. I don't think she will now after the total. <laughs> I, think, I think what's going to happen is it's going to end up being segued into Secret Invasion, <coughs> and they're going to have all that... And then after Secret Evasion, then the X-Men thing's going to start. Okay, so you think... I'm just saying. So Endgame's going to be done. Mm-hmm. And it's going to spark the Secret Invasion. And that's going to be the next phase. Then tr- maybe three to four movies of Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. End of that will be Rogue taking on. X-Men will come Did in. Did they ever say how many um, movies Brie Larson signed on for? Have we seen that yet anywhere? Because if she signed on for like seven movies, then you're 100% I don't right. Think so. If it's but just usually, for two, three movies, then. Usually, usually they uh, sign them to like. I a mean, base. they're going to sign her now. Three to three. 455 million dollars yeah. in yeah. a weekend. But I think it's been a standard of being like three to six movie deal, usually. Yeah. Because I know um, the guy that plays Winter Soldier, Sebastian, he yeah. signed on for like eight totally. movies yeah. before anything ever happened. He's right. only ever done he two movies. Like, I don't even think they counted Infinity like, War. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, because I I think at I think in Endgame he's gonna yeah. be the new cat. It's gonna okay. happen in Endgame. Right. You mentioned about the standalone stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you do you think it it stands alone on its own, without having to go into anything else? Which movie? This movie, Captain Marvel. I wanted it to just be a standalone. By I really itself. wanted it to. I don't because I think the best standalone movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, I no. think it's the best one. No. I think Winter Soldier is, if it, it, it's hard to say, but like Avengers one, and, and this is in no order, but Avengers one, Infinity War, Winter Soldier are the top premiere, mm-hmm. best, best Marvel movies right. that that they've been made, that have been made. Yeah, and that's in no particular order, but yeah, Winter Soldier to me is, yeah, that's probably one of my. I, as far as a movie reviewer, as long as I've been doing it, I, I don't think I've ever left a theater where I was like, that's probably one of the best movies I've ever right. seen. As far as direction, as far as 
everything, the fight scene. And Still, I think the reason I'm at, the reason I say this is because I think thinking about that as a standalone movie that Captain Marvel could have been. You think if the Rooster Brothers directed this, it would have been better. I don't think they had to do it, but I think if they used the same formula, whoever directed it, if they used the same formula that they used in Winter Soldier, that I think that that movie, this movie would have been a lot better. I can see that. The Anna Bowden and Rick Fleck are the ones that direct this movie, co-directors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would love to see, I wish, I mean, I hate to say they wish they did everything, but... <laughs> You know, I would like to see what, what they would have done with... What we the always, Rooster Brothers would have liked to have done with... We always have a lot of wishful thinking, you know? Yeah, and, oh yeah, especially after seeing the movie. But yeah, <laughs> like, Anna Bodwin, uh, I, I don't see anything to her credit. What else she's done, I'm looking right now. Ryan Flick, the name sounds very familiar. Uh, let me see here, what do you do? What do you see for direct here? Uh, they both worked on the TV series Room 104. That's why they knew each other from, I'm assuming. Maybe that's why it felt like a TV show. Oh, it totally did. It totally did. It felt like a Netflix show, but just two and a half hours long. It, it, it did feel like a TV show. Absolutely. Yeah, it totally did. I just wish, like I said... Oh, you know, we didn't talk about the kitty cat. What's the cat's name? Goose. We didn't talk about Goose. Goose. I mean, Goose is in the comics. and it, yeah. He did his job. Yeah, yeah. Again, everything that Goose does yeah. is funny because yeah. cats are funny. Yeah. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Cats are hilarious. I, I can't stand cats. I think they're very unpredictable <laughs> and I'm afraid of cats. <laughs> yeah, even more so now. They have tentacles coming out of their mouth and can swallow a tesseract with no problem. Right. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the uh, the cat scratching is freaking eye you can you can talk about it did it bother you or did it make I, you I sad I thought it was so like man that's what happens to his eye <laughs> that's where we're gonna go with that and that's um, why he never tells a story be, right it's embarrassing it's so embarrassing right I could care less I think I mean you know it's always been a mystery but I think it's I think it's let me say this Marvel has to do it cinematically sure sure know? so sure. It's for the fans. Again, it's another aha moment that I wish wasn't I think, in this movie. I think it would have been better if he would have been fighting a Kree soldier and, you know, in the midst of that battle, you know... Get something hit, scratched something, him. Something really hit his eye good, and so that could have been that. And that's basically what his story is, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. To everybody else. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, let me end it up here. Yeah. I do want to end it off... Uh, with this in the very beginning of the of the movie they had a very beautiful Stan Lee yes. intro that I've seen twice now it and I cried both times it, yeah. cho- it choked I'm me up I was like oh, yeah. and um, I always like to tell a personal story at the end of these things so I'm going to tell you my personal story with Stan Lee this, this is my story with Stan Lee I met Stan Lee at um, Alamo City um, exclusively him and I spoke I got to tell him how much I loved him. I got to like have a moment with him and tell him, I told him, you're someone I've never met, but I've known my whole life. You're basically my grandpa. And you don't even know it. And he's like, oh, I'm the Joker's grandpa. And that's when I asked him, who would win in a fist fight? No weapons, Daredevil or Batman? I think me and you've had this conversation mm-hmm. before. I've told you the story. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And he says, here's my bad Stan Lee impression. He goes, <laughs> Mom, hmm. Well, Batman's a ninja, right? I go, yeah. He goes, What's scarier than a ninja? And I go, I don't know. A blind ninja. He said Batman would never land a punch and Daredevil would win, hands down. So I was like, well, 
and then we had a moment. We yeah. laughed. Yeah, yeah. I cried. I hugged him. <laughs> Seriously, right, I hugged him right. like 50 times. I think yeah. he was tired of me. And uh, it was cool because, again, it was one of those moments in my life where I knew I had made it, where I didn't pay to meet him. I didn't stand in line to meet him. I met him exclusively one-on-one. It was a moment that him and I had that I'll never forget. So seeing that intro right. and also him in his movies, I know they shot a lot of things that they're going to be using for... I hope they keep that intro for the rest of the time that they're going to be doing this. I think so, too. It was so beautiful. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I want to end the this beautiful podcast on the memory of Stan Lee and telling him thank you. I love him. I miss him. I wish he was still here. And uh, thank you for leaving this fantastic legacy and allowing us to have these kind of conversations with our best friends. And David, I can tell you, too, thanks for being a great friend for so long. It's been so well, long. You, Appreciate it. It's been so much fun. And guess what? Infinity War Endgame's coming soon. So we're going to be hey, having bro. another conversation here pretty soon. Yes. And I can't wait. So hopefully, guys, we gave you enough information to make your own decision <laughs> if you want to see Right, Captain definitely go Marvel. see it. Yeah. Definitely go see it for yourselves. And then you can talk about it on the comments. If you saw it, I'd like to know what you thought. Like I said, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I know IMDb right now has given it a 7 out of 10. Most reviewers have given it a similar score, which I've only done research on in the last 10 minutes. I've seen that everyone's done about 7 to 6 out of 10. So that's actually a pretty good score. But if you haven't seen it, you know, join everyone else in the entire world. $455 million in one weekend. Let's try to make it the same amount next weekend for Marvel. The way we can have Marvel movies for the rest of our entire lives. Because between this and Black Panther, we're looking at $1,500,000,000 in the last what half of a yeah. year. So kudos to you, Marvel. Way to go. Congratulations to you, Miss Brie Larson. You definitely deserve it because you put a lot of work into it. I know you worked out for nine months for this. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to my my pick for Best Actor of Movie, Ben Mendelsohn. Can't wait to see what else you do. Um, thanks, Sam Jackson, for like your constant work ethic because you're always working. And uh, kudos to you, Jude Law, for never aging since 1990. He was buff. He looked good. <laughs> I, I'm glad I have the figure because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he's so awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, much love to you. And thank you for riding the waves with J-Waves. See you next time.